UAP is the trendy way to refer to UFOs, and although it's routinely presented as new terminology, the U.S. military has been using the UAP phrasing since the 1940s. Is it UFO or UAP? The government's confusing me. The experts make it complicated. Lack of answers has me jaded. UFO, I don't know. UAP, yeah, I guess so. Searching for answers, where to begin? Round and round in circles again. Thunderstruck by mass confusion. Is it fact or fiction? Convolution. Hello, citizens, and welcome to UFO UAP WTF. I'm your host, Jason McClellan, and together we'll be exploring the fascinating, enigmatic, and frustrating subject of UFOs. Although the initialism UAP has recently been modified by the United States Department of Defense to mean unidentified anomalous phenomena, most people who have heard about UAP before know it as unidentified aerial phenomena. In recent years, many media outlets and UFO researchers alike have been enthusiastically presenting UAP as the new term of choice by the U.S. government when referring to UFOs. That's not entirely accurate. In fact, the U.S. military was using unidentified aerial phenomena terminology before they used UFO. Let's spend some time together today looking back in time to explore this UAP jargon. On March 24, 2016, Hillary Clinton, former First Lady of the United States and Secretary of State from 2009 to 2013, appeared on Jimmy Kimmel Live as part of a media tour for her presidential campaign. During the interview, Kimmel brought up the topic of UFOs, as he frequently does. That's right. When we had your husband, President Clinton, on this show, he said, I asked him about UFOs in Area 51, and, and if, he, if he looked in, because if I was president, that's the first thing i do. i go right into those files and right. see what was going on. Right. And he said that he did do that. Yes. And that he didn't find anything. Well, I'm oh. going <laughs> to do it again. Yeah, why not? Right? And, and you know, there's a new name. It's unexplained aerial phenomenon. Unexplained aerial phenomenon, yep, really? Yep, UAP. That's the latest nomenclature. Close. As we just covered, UAP is an initialism that has largely stood for unidentified aerial phenomena. But it was around that time, back in 2015 and 2016, when UAP started picking up momentum and becoming the trendy way to refer to UFOs. Nick Pope, who worked for the United Kingdom's Ministry of Defense and dealt with UFO reports for the MOD from 1991 to 1994, was someone who, around that time, was notably happy to promote this trend and even kind of took credit for the terminology from an MOD perspective to some extent. The British government requested an intelligence assessment of the UFO situation in the late 1990s. This effort was named Project Condon. Not to be confused with the University of Colorado's UFO study that was funded by the United States Air Force back in the late 1960s, known as the Condon Committee. 
The MOD's project Condon, spelled C-O-N-D-I-G-N, not C-O-N-D-O-N. Anyway, Project Condon examined many of the sightings investigated by the MOD over a 30-year period. The report produced by Project Condon in 2000 was titled Unidentified Aerial Phenomena in the UK Air Defense Region. The unidentified aerial phenomena terminology here was quite intentional and strategic. Nick Pope explains, quote, This was done to reframe the internal MOD debate on the issue and to escape any pop culture baggage associated with the former term. Obviously referring to UFOs here. The United States Air Force offers a similar perspective. On the website for the Air Force's declassification office, it explains, quote, Some investigators now prefer to use the broader term unidentified aerial phenomena, or UAP, to avoid the confusion and speculative associations that have become attached to UFO, end quote. Pope adds, quote, It was also part of a wider policy shift whereby the phenomenon was viewed in terms of threats and opportunities that might derive from a better understanding of the phenomenon, whatever its true nature. Both these points were adopted by the U.S. government's ATIP program, where the MOD influence can be demonstrated not only by U.S. use of the term UAP, but also by the similarities in Project Condon and ATIP language in relation to the novel military applications that the U.K. and the U.S. were discussing in relation to the phenomenon, end quote. That ATIP mentioned by Pope is the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, a U.S. Department of Defense program that officially operated from 2007 to 2012 and reportedly researched UFOs, among other things. The military intelligence official who was reported as heading up this program, Luis Elizondo, left the government in 2017 to work with To The Stars Academy of Arts and Science, or TTSA, which was a hybrid research and entertainment company made up of former government and military personnel and scientists on a mission to explore exotic science and materials to change the world and to influence public perception surrounding the topic of UFOs. TTSA doesn't exist anymore. It was reabsorbed by its parent company, To The Stars, and that company is still around, and they've got some pretty cool projects in the works, several of which I'm sure we'll see released this year. But back to Lou Elizondo. In 2017, Elizondo and TTSA helped facilitate widespread attention on three DoD UFO videos that were reportedly investigated by ATIP. The fact that they were recorded by Navy fighter jet systems amplified the interest in these videos by people and media outlets around the world. They also prompted journalists and UFO researchers to request official statements from the government related to these videos. These requests were successful, and the response included statements about UAP. On September 11th, 2019, researcher John Greenwald published a story on his website, theblackvault.com, titled, U.S. Navy Releases Dates of Three Officially Acknowledged Encounters with Phenomena. The three encounters referenced here are those shown in the aforementioned videos, Joseph Grandisher, the official spokesperson for the Deputy Chief of Naval Operations for Information Warfare, provided an official statement about the videos, commenting that, quote, the Navy considers the phenomena contained slash depicted in those three videos as unidentified, end quote. MJ Benias and Tim McMillan also published a story on September 17, 2019 on Vice.com after receiving a similar statement from Grandisher. Gretcher went on to explain, quote, The unidentified aerial phenomena terminology is used because it provides the basic descriptor for the sightings observations of unauthorized-slash-unidentified aircraft-slash-objects that have been observed entering-slash-operating in the airspace of various military-controlled training ranges, end quote. 
The media buzz generated by these videos and the statements from the Pentagon resulted in countless headlines featuring this new terminology for UFOs. UAP was everywhere. Anybody interested in the UFO subject today is likely familiar with this term now, and it's swiftly become the term of choice for many when referring to UFOs. We know about this modern pop culture trend and the established contemporary use of UAP by the military and the media. But let's look at older uses of this phrasing. Back in 1980, Dr. Richard Haynes, a UFO researcher and former NASA research scientist, provided this description in his book, Observing UFOs, an Investigative Handbook. Quote, An unidentified aerial phenomena, UAP, is the visual stimulus that provokes a sighting report of an object or light seen in the sky, the appearance and or flight dynamics of which do not suggest a logical, conventional flying object, and which remains unidentified after close scrutiny of all available evidence by persons who are technically capable of making both a technical identification as well as a common-sense identification if one is possible." Haynes is a founding member of the National Aviation Reporting Center on Anomalous Phenomena, or NARCAP. When this research organization was founded in 1999, its founders adopted the UAP terminology because they, quote, felt that it was a far more accurate term for the many profiles of unidentified aerial phenomena, such of which are described as lights rather than objects, and had not been co-opted by the UFO community as a term for alien spaceships in the way the term UFO has been, end quote. However, UAP terminology had already been embraced by multiple UFO organizations prior to the existence of NARCAP. The Aerial Phenomena Research Organization, also known as APRO, was a prominent UFO group that operated from 1952 to 1988. The group was founded by the husband and wife team of Jim and Coral Lorenzen. Aerial Phenomena was chosen for the name of this organization because Coral allegedly disliked the term flying saucer. However, she did use both Flying Saucer and UFO in the title of several of her books, so she couldn't have been that against them. Still, the the group opted for aerial phenomena back in the 1950s. Another UFO group that started in the 1950s opted for aerial phenomena terminology in its name over UFO. The National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomena, also known as NICAP, was founded in 1956 and ran until 1980. NICAP's leadership featured impressive high-ranking military and government officials, including a U.S. Army general and the first director of the Central Intelligence Agency. Let's see what other early examples of UAP we can find. An article titled, Flying Saucers Turn Up on Air Force Doorstep, appeared in the News Tribune newspaper from Tacoma, Washington, on March 23, 1950. A section in the article is titled, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. It states, quote, The Civil Aeronautics Authority observer, on the other hand, was said to have been convinced the object was controlled in flight by some means. Dr. J.A. Hynek, director of Macmillan Observatory at Ohio State University and member of an Air Force committee which has studied flying saucer reports, said the object may have been a balloon or of astronomical origin. He did not see it, however. Since the USAF closed its book on the subject, Unidentified aerial phenomena have been reported from California, New Mexico, Alaska, Mexico, and North Africa, to name a few. End quote. Here's an article titled, quote, Air Force Probe Proves Flying Saucers Are Not a Joke, end quote, 
which appeared in the April 27, 1949 issue of the Journal Herald newspaper in Dayton, Ohio. This article mentions the Kenneth Arnold UFO sighting from a couple years earlier, then explains, quote, His report set off a celestial chain reaction and launched Project Saucers at Wright-Patterson to probe unidentified aerial phenomena, end quote. This article mentions other reported UFO encounters from pilots, then concludes by saying, quote, It was because of the reports from such pilots that the Air Force is continuing the investigation into unidentified aerial phenomena. End quote. An article titled, Flying Saucers Still a Mystery, appeared in the June 19, 1949 edition of the Philadelphia Inquirer. A line in this article states, quote, A few months after the first flying disks had been sighted, the United States Air Force set up a special project to gather data on each report of unidentified aerial phenomena. End quote. The Los Angeles Times published a story on December 7, 1952, titled, Science Used on Reports of Sky Saucers. If that sounds remarkably similar to current headlines about UFOs, just wait. The article states, quote, No orders have been issued by the Air Defense Command to its fighter units to fire on unidentified aerial phenomena, end quote. It concludes, quote, The Air Force has stated in the past and reaffirms at the present time that these unidentified aerial phenomena are not a secret weapon, missile, or aircraft developed by the United States, end quote. It's interesting to note that both these statements are nearly identical to recent statements provided by the Pentagon. Here's another one that sounds similar to recent UFO headlines. An August 1st, 1952 edition of the Ogden Standard Examiner includes an article titled, Photograph Shows Four Round Objects with Shafts of Light in V Formation. The article explains, quote, Coast Guard headquarters today made public a photograph of unidentified aerial phenomena taken by a 21-year-old Coast Guard photographer. End quote. It continues, quote, The Coast Guard said it had no opinion as to the cause or source of the objects and was releasing the picture only because of the widespread public interest in aerial phenomena. End quote. And in the same article, we see, quote, the Air Force released a long list of statistics revealing it had received 432 written reports on sightings of unidentified aerial phenomena so far this year. End quote. Definitely a few interesting parallels in that article to what we've seen reported in recent years. Let's do one more. This one's kind of interesting. The Sunday News newspaper from Lancaster, Pennsylvania published a story on February 1st, 1953 titled Air Force Trying for Photo of Flying Saucers in Area. It states, quote, The Air Force is going to try and take a picture of a flying saucer. Special cameras have been designed to photograph the mysterious disks in flight. The Air Force has ordered 100 of these cameras. And a Pentagon official has told a Sunday News representative that one will undoubtedly be put in operation in this area, probably either at Olmsted Air Force Base in Middletown or Newcastle Airport. The news adds a sobering note to the sometimes hilarious flying saucer stories. Though the Air Force prefers to call them unidentified aerial phenomena, they'll still be flying saucers or disks to the average citizen. End quote. I wonder whatever became of those special UFO cameras. Moving beyond newspaper articles, there's documentation showing that the U.S. military was using UAP terminology in the 1940s at the onset of its UFO investigations. 
there are incident reports used by the Air Force during that time with a statement to the submitters stating, quote, Your contribution has been made a matter of record and is being incorporated into our present study of unidentified aerial phenomena, end quote. In the 1950s, the U.S. Air Force's Project Grudge UFO study was headquartered at the Air Technical Intelligence Center at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Dayton, Ohio and the personnel involved with this project were part of a special group within ATIC. Edward Ruppelt, who was the director of Project Grudge at the time, explained that, quote, by March 1952, Project Grudge was no longer just a project within a group. We had become a separate organization with the formal title of the Aerial Phenomena Group, end quote. Even before that, This phenomena terminology was present in a famed letter sent on September 23, 1947 from the chief of the ATIC to the commanding general of the then Army Air Forces in response to a request to conduct a preliminary study of UFO sighting reports. A line in this letter announces, quote, The phenomenon is something real and not visionary or fictitious, end quote. So that's a quick historical look at UAP. Are you somebody who has adopted this terminology to replace UFO? Is there a correct or preferred term to use when talking about UFOs? There's a seemingly endless list of terms that have been and still are used by various parties when referring to UFOs. Although UAP is presently the term of choice for the government and many UFO researchers alike, your personal preference obviously dictates the terminology you choose to use when talking and writing about UFOs. But for those who opt for something other than the tried-and-true UFO, they typically find themselves needing to follow up with a clarifying statement, like UAP, you know, UFOs. It always comes back to UFOs, because people are familiar with that. They know what that is. Interestingly, this same necessity for clarification was also present when the term UFO was introduced by the military and intended for use in place of flying saucer. In his book, The Report on Unidentified Flying Objects, Captain Rappelt explains that one situation where the Air Force would still use flying saucer was, quote, in an explanatory sense, as when briefing people who are unacquainted with the term UFO. UFO, you know, flying saucers, end quote. Another illustration from that time period is Cora Lawrenson from the Aerial Phenomena Research Organization. As previously mentioned, Although she reportedly disliked the term flying saucer and opted for aerial phenomena in the name of her group, she still used flying saucer and UFO in the titles of her books because the general public and popular culture was more familiar with both of those terms than it was with aerial phenomena. So which term is the correct one to use? Again, this is completely up to your personal preference. Many UFO researchers currently prefer UAP because this broad term encompasses more than just objects in the sky. Weird lights or orbs, atmospheric disturbances, and other strange aerial phenomena aren't necessarily objects, so UAP is more all-encompassing. There's also the previously mentioned pop culture baggage that comes with the term UFO. For example, UFOs equals aliens. Advocates for UFOs being taken seriously tend to prefer the UAP term to avoid the ridicule and pop culture association tied to UFO. That being said, I'm firmly on Team UFO. I guess that when I talk or write about strange things in the sky, I'm talking about an object the large majority of the time. 
So UFO meets my needs. If there happens to be something I'm discussing that doesn't fit the object descriptor, then it's unlikely I'd call it a UFO. For example, if there were something floating in the sky that resembled a ghostly apparition, I wouldn't necessarily call it a UFO. And as I mentioned, everything eventually comes back to UFO anyway. If I ever use the term UAP, it's necessary to follow up with, you know, UFOs, in order for the broadest audience possible to understand what I'm talking about. So just sticking with UFO saves me that extra explanation step. But another significant element that puts me in the UFO camp is an issue of plurality that is just too grating for me to entertain. The letter P in UAP, which, if you're paying attention, stands for phenomena, is already plural, making it convenient for broadly speaking about a wide range of varying phenomena in the sky. However, when using this initialism to refer to a specific UFO case or a specific object in the sky, UAP just doesn't work. Grammatical nightmares quickly emerge when you attempt to discuss details of a case when you're talking about a single UFO, but referring to it as something plural. Adding vagueness and grammatical flaws aren't really conducive to intelligent conversations, especially as it pertains to discussions about a ridiculed topic like UFOs. So, for me, it has been and always will be UFO. You use the term that works for you, though. It's completely up to you. With that, my friends, is our exploration of the term UAP. I hope you learned something. I'm glad we could walk through that together. And hey, if there's a case or topic you'd like to have featured or addressed on a future episode, a general comment, or anything else, I'd love to hear it. I'm easy to reach. You can always contact me on Twitter at Acentric, that's A-C-E-C-E-N-T-R-I-C, or shoot me an email at jason at rogueplanet.tv. I'm Jason McClellan. Thanks for hanging out today. Join me again next time as we try to figure out together what the f*** is up with these UFOs. UFO.